With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Sponsored by 1010 Podcasts. Welcome to episode 15 of the Celtic Exchange. This is Tino and today I'm joined by Miff and Chris. If you're unsure who's going to be Celtic's next head coach, then your worries are over as a handy little app called Twitter has all the answers. According to those in the know, Eddie Howe stayed in the Radisson Hotel on Friday night ahead of the big unveiling, but it's unclear whether he had a separate room from Roy Keane, who's also 100% getting the job, as is Enzo Maresca. It's all getting a bit tired. However, if you throw enough darts at the board, eventually one will land. So let's see if there's any progress in the big question this week. On the park, it's been a quiet time for Celtic due to the international break, though several of our players have been involved in those matches. Miff, have you enjoyed international week? Was it good to see what we could have had with John McGinn's overhead kick? Uh, hi Tino, hi Chris. Uh, yes, I'd, I have enjoyed an international weekend. Um, I suppose it's been kind of reinvigorated by the fact Scotland have actually qualified for something, so you don't mind watching them anymore. What could have been with McGinn? I, I think there, there's always going to be that for the rest of the rest of John McGinn's days, it's the signing we should have had and, and, and we don't have. Just get big Pedro's fingerprints all over it, trying to haggle for a five or less a week. But yeah, I've enjoyed, enjoyed watching the players, enjoyed watching Scotland. Well, maybe not necessarily enjoyed watching Scotland because it's been fairly tedious. I think we we seem to play very much within ourselves. Um, had to be, the, the Israel game was definitely there for the taking. I feel if they, they showed a bit of ambition in the first half, they were far too passive. But... Interestingly enough, I feel that, that, that Christy and McGregor both have struggled a wee bit in, in those games, maybe lingering form doubts carrying into the, the, the Scotland games for them, which is, which is pretty sad to see because they're far better than what they're shown just now, as we've been saying all season. Yeah, symptomatic of Celtic as a whole, I think. Just guys that clearly have got talent, but just not shown it. Chris, what do you think? Did you catch the Scotland games in any thoughts in general? Um, a bit, a bit reserved in terms of, I think Miff said that. Um, just a bit reserved in terms of the performances themselves. Um, you, you are a bit of confidence, obviously. Knowing that Scotland are going to an international tournament, again, you have got that appetite to watch Scotland again, but again, it was a bit trudged um, watching it, but... Um, I feel as if actually Scotland actually the, the Israel game actually missed Ryan Christie. Um, I think he came on and actually made an, had an influence in the game. But again, first game contribution was pretty pretty similar to what we see in week well, week in week out Celtic. So um, no, just a bit again, just a bit disappointing the story all season. we are basically watching Celtic and then taking in this kind of World Cup um, qualification campaign as well. So mm. it was wasn't wasn't great. Wasn't yeah. great. Agreed. Um, obviously, we, you know, we've had a chance through those games to see a bit more about Steve Clark, and we'll not dwell too much on Scotland here at all. But interesting that, as you say, I think the game against Israel was there for the taking. Should have been a bit more ambition, maybe even gone to two up top. But they take off Shea Adams, decent player, and just replace him with London Dykes, and it's just back when, to one up top. Just when you, you mentioned Adams there, I've seen him getting a bit of dogs abuse on, on Twitter last night. Twitter's a liar, really, mate. Twitter really, is a liar. Really harsh. Kind of one, one touch link up playing. I know Dykes hasn't really been at it for QPR, so I think he doesn't seem to be in the same form as he was for the last mm-hmm. um, batch of internationals. He seems to have dropped away a wee bit, but I, st- I still like Dykes. I think he's. We, we seem to be getting a, 
a good mix of quality in the squad. You know, Adams, Dykes are, are an upgrade on McBurney and Burke, I would, <laughs> I would say. Yeah. I, I would say she Adams is clearly a notch above what we've got, no yep. doubt about it, and I, I, everyone's entitled to their opinion, but it just happens to be that they're wrong on this occasion because <laughs> he's clearly a talented player. In terms of, we touched on it, Matt, obviously John McGinn, yep, he'll forever be mentioned as a guy that you know should have been brought in a couple of seasons ago. He's gone to pastures new and really excelled at Villa. Obviously, the big talking point in recent days has been Bruni uh, deciding to go to Aberdeen. McGinn would have been a perfect replacement, wouldn't he? That's your Celtic captain there for me. Mm-hmm. But it's not to be. Again, I think uh, Mr Lowell seen seen to that, um, unfortunately. But as I, th- I think he's a, he's a great player. He shows the, high, the desire, the hunger. Um, whether it be deep line or further up the park, again, there's a bit of debate. Over the two courses, courses the two games there again, which is his most effective position. I think he further up the park, he influences the game great. Honestly, I think it's really, really good. But another one that's got away, unfortunately. Again, every time you see John McGinn doing that for Scotland, but it's Scotland or Aston Villa, you, you really it pains you a wee bit. Again, I don't like to say it too much, but it does. It's uh, the one that got away. Yeah, was it you, Tino? Sorry, that said that. Um, Lowell didn't like Petrie that was the, that was the thing they didn't like dealing with each other there's, that, a, there's, a, there's a bit of beef there aye, Matt, between that, him and Rod Petrie was, aye, aye, yeah. aye. So, makes sense it, so we're, we're missing out on top players because there's a bit of ego in the room which is brilliant stuff so hopefully Don McKay's not fell up with anybody just yet and we'll see how that <laughs> plays out in the, the months ahead so yeah uh, on a you know, Scott Brown obviously huge news not wholly unexpected we've obviously spoken about it in previous episodes but decided to move on Surprise, Matt, I know you said you'd be really disappointed by it, are you? Yeah, no, thanks very much for digging up that clip and, and putting it out, Tino, I really appreciated that. <laughs> Welcome. Um, yes, I'm, I'm surprised because, and I'm still surprised, I'm still in a wee bit of denial, I think. Um, I don't see any reason why we shouldn't have pulled out the stops to keep him for another year. With mm-hmm. such a, a state of flux, I think he's such a figurehead for the squad, for the club. By all accounts, if you listen to Andy that's played for Celtic whilst Brown's been there. That's what comes across is just how important Brown is in the dressing room and as a link between the boardroom and, and the players. So to me, it's very surprising that whilst we're going to go through such a, a large amount or a vast amount of change that he's been allowed to go. But at the same time, if you look at other examples of um, custodians of clubs who have stayed there too long, mm-hmm. you know, think the likes of Wenger, Ferguson, I know, I know he's not a manager, but you, you take my point. At some time, you need, you need to make that cut. Yeah. And maybe... Maybe everybody's just thinking, Brown himself included, that everybody needs a fresh start. I can only imagine the, the toll that this season's taken on him personally. If you think that everything's been geared towards trying to achieve 10 in their own, it's not happened. Maybe it's just best for everyone to, to have a fresh start and, and go again. But yes, very surprised. And I would have loved it if he could have just given us one more year just to help steady the ship mm-hmm. and, and help with that transition. Yeah, I also think just as a player though, um, he's the kind of guy that won't be happy sitting on the bench and perhaps if he stayed on, he would be a, a sub more often than not for us next season. Maybe he just doesn't want to be that guy and he wants to make sure that while he's still got you know, something in the legs that he, he plays more often than not and Aberdeen have given that opportunity to do so. I, I take my hat off to him, I really, really do. I, I, again, I personally myself, I'm gutted, I'm absolutely gutted to see him go and I don't see... Scott Brown again featuring much next season, but again as an influence again we've said it influence in the dressing room. I think he was, he was critical with that. To be honest with you, and again critical being strong, really strong word. But I think he really, I think he was, and again it's, it signifies two things: one, an end in era for Celtic, and two, how much again the rebuild is going to be. But mm-hmm. I think, as I said, to take my half to Scott Brown, I think Scott Brown there probably would have been an offer somewhere that Scott Brown to retain, be involved in some form of capacity at Celtic. Yeah. And what he's looked at it and thought, do you know what, like you're saying there, Tino, 
no, I feel as I've got something more to give somewhere. And also maybe I just think to yourself, I'm going to spread my wings elsewhere and actually earn my stripes. So I think, again, for him doing it, I think it's will take a hat off to him and hopefully then does come back in some form of capacity in the future, whether it be a manager or whatever, and come back and have that influence in the club again. Yeah. So good luck, to him. good luck to him. I think you've hit the nail on the head, Tino. I think it's to do with him playing. He's probably seen that a new manager's going to come in and want to have his own style. And he's maybe just kind of read the room a bit and went, you know what, I'm probably not going to feature every week. He's used to featuring every week. He's used to being the one that's going up the stairs lifting the trophy. The thought of possibly not being that person is maybe been enough for him to move on. I think he, he, he still, you can see he still loves the game. He still wants to play every week. Whether he's got the capability to still produce the level of performance that he's produced for us over the past four years. I, I would credit Rodgers really with getting the best out of Brown. Um, he always seemed to be a bit of an enigma for the other managers. Nobody was ever really sure where to play him. He'd been played on the right, played sitting, played as the attacking midfielder, played in the hole. And it was only really when Rodgers came and he got a clear, he seemed to get fitter, have a clear defined role within the team. That's when he really, really thrived. And, you know, he's dropped off that a bit. This, in fact, more than a bit this season, let's be honest. He's, at times he's looked a shadow of the player, albeit sporadically he's produced a, a very high level of performance. All things told, I think my heart's probably on my head when I say I, I don't want him to go, but it does make sense. And like anything in life, you need to move on. Yeah. I was I was his biggest critic in the past few before Brent Rodgers came in. I was I was I was really really quite frustrated with Scott Brown in terms of his contribution. He still still was a good player, but again, it, there was so much more that could have came. We've seen flashes of it. Brent Rodgers comes in and then has creates that discipline. I'm talking about discipline in terms of how he plays, his aggressiveness in the, the actual the park itself, in terms of actually how it influences. I'm not talking about going around and getting battering people or getting, just getting torn and I'm just talking about his discipline apart and his aggression in the park and he, can, he turned into a different animal when I mean, Brendan Rodgers came in and yeah. he was fanta- absolutely fantastic which also at this time you know while it's the hot topic it tells you just how much a difference a quality head coach can make you know we've spoken in length about Neil Lennon and what he'd done and what he didn't do for certain players and the fact that players unfortunately have regressed under him and the opposite has happened under Brendan Rodgers so we'll not dwell on that but Scott Brown is a prime example of just how much more you can get out of players with the right coach. So I've got a question for you just regarding the, the situation in general, and you touched on it, Miff. Maybe Scott Brown has seen the writing on the wall, but would he have made this call, you know, now, whatever it is, you know, late March, to head to Aberdeen to sign the pre-contract without knowing who's coming in? So my question is, do you think he's had an insight into who's going to take the job and that swayed his decision? Because otherwise, why make the decision? Why hurry into it? You know, what, what's the rush to make that call? Unless Aberdeen were putting him under time pressure, of course. P- potentially, but I think Aberdeen have got their own motivations behind that and I understand the relationship with Glass is the, is the kind of driver behind that. Something fresh, something new. After the season, you can probably see the appeal of that, given how much of a unmitigated disaster the season's been. What I would also bring into the equation is Brown's relationship with Lennon. If Brown feels like Lennon has been hung out to dry, that possibly could be an indicator that Brown's went well do you know what I've tried to keep a, a tin lid on all the stuff that's been going on in the dressing room mm-hmm. you know players wanting away being loyal to Lennon or, or maybe not you know I, I don't know what way that could go maybe there's been a disruption with the relationship with Lennon and Lowell this season because of stuff that's been on the dressing room and, and Brown's just thought well this is this is the time for me to go uh, this this is the thing we we don't know and everything's all been nice and, and rosy and happy with, with Brown's exit but to me I think it doesn't take much to dig a wee bit deeper into this and say Brown's obviously completely scunnered about what's went on this season yeah. and went, first chance that I get, I, I, well, no first chance that I get, I don't mean it to sound like he's jumping, 
that he's, he's been given an opportunity that's fresh, that's new, and is away from the the, the, the troubles that he's experienced yeah. at Parkhead. I think there's something to that, and I, I think, as you say, how could he not be scunnered at what's happened this season? Because he's a guy who gives his absolute everything every time he takes to the park. Yet him and his teammates, you know, have faced a torrent of abuse at different times. Now this season has been a disaster. There's no getting away from that. But for certain guys, Scott Brown, absolutely top of this pile, it is not due to the lack of effort and desire and commitment to the club. So he must feel scunnered with some of the the responses that have come out this season. I think it's just a, it's a bit, I, I totally agree. Um, I think it's absolutely. It, it, it comes across that again. He's just a bit fed up with the whole situation. I think he's looked at it. Is a clean break. That's that's my interpretation. He's looked at it so much as what's kind of went on in the background. And he just thought to himself, "Complete clean break here." Because big change is coming. Is he going to be part of the big change? Probably not from a playing capacity. Does he want to be involved in that? But someday he doesn't really know in the future as well. Again, I think again it will struggle potentially with influence as well. I think Scott Brown is a big personality there as well. And that may be the thinking as well. He's not got. Again, an ally there, potentially, let's just say, a, a, somebody knows He doesn't it. have his Kieran Tierney's and yep. his Mika Lustig's and, and his leaders and his characters that he had before. And Rogers, I, th- I think, is on record the saying that the first thing he did was come up and take Brown out to dinner and kind of get underneath the, 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 the skin of the squad, so to speak. But what I think it would be remiss of is not to mention is, as disappointing as this season has been, the past four seasons were hugely, hugely influenced by Brown's will to win and his excellent leadership the playing squad as captain mm-hmm. I have absolutely no doubt about that his sheer character and will to win drove or helped drive that squad on what we've seen is the character such as Tierney and Lustig who backed that up um, catching the talents of the likes of Dembele and Edward when they're on the way up were also a huge part and influence that I would throw in Patrick Roberts Stuart Armstrong to that mix as well Armstrong another player who benefited massively for Rogers coaching yeah. As disappointing as, as this season has been, you know, those four seasons, but only the past four seasons before, mm-hmm. and I know it's easy just to slip into, oh, well, we'll never get the 10, but, you know, those days out, those magnificent days at Hamden, those magnificent days at, at Celtic Park, are all they've all got Scott Brown's kind of fingerprints all over it because he, he, he was really a catalyst for us to really, really drive on and reach those high standards, so... All we, all we can say is thank you, I think, and, and it's just a shame we're not going to have a, a stadium full waving him off because he deserves that, he truly deserves that. Uh, he's been an outstanding captain and, and I hope he's a success, but not too much a success. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. And I think that is a tragedy, unfortunately, just the, the times that we live in at the moment. He won't get the send-off that he absolutely deserves and hopefully the club do something uh, to, re- to rectify that at some point. I'll give you the stats, Smith, because I know you love them. So, Scott Brown, 14 love years him. at Celtic, captain since January 2010. 22 trophies, incredible. 10 leagues, 6 Scottish Cup, 6 League Cup. 613 appearances and counting. He's the 7th highest uh, appearance maker at the club, which is just phenomenal. And he's got 46 goals. <laughs> Whether he'll add to them or not remains to be seen. But it's just a phenomenal record. Um, as you say, Miff, we wish him all the best, but not too much. You know, it could come back to bite us. How strange, Chris, is it going to see him lining up against Celtic next year in a red shirt? Just can't picture it. At the moment, just cannot picture it at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um... Again, you do, you, you equate it to again, you, a, a Henrik Larson potentially. I know, again, I'm not comparing Scott Brown with Henrik Larson here, but he's, as it's going to be like that, again, when you see him, mm-hmm. it's going to be absolutely <laughs> very strange. Yeah. Um, I, was well, go- I remember I remember Larson coming back and I, I, I was one of the people shouting Bobo's going to get you when you <laughs> um, You know, the, the, the old uh, 
allegiances get it get right out the window because Absolute. once you're once you're against Celtic, you're against them. Absolutely. Yeah. Simple as that. Absolutely. Am I right in saying that Henrik Larson's got more goals against Celtic than Alfredo Morelos? Is that correct? Yes. Just to throw it in there. Um, I was going to ask that question. So obviously, um, Larson famously came up against Celtic. Any other memories of that? I'm trying to think of many. I know there's stories about uh, years gone by. Murdo McLeod for Dortmund came up against his Mo Bangura. Anybody? Joe Ingerberget. Anyone else? Any any oh. memories of anyone coming up against us? Um, Harold. Harold Bratback. Did he score? Twice. Did he? Jeez, oh. Again, more goals against Celtic than Alfredo Morelos. Chalk it down. We'll come back to him later on in the show if that springs well, to the, mind. Well, the one that I'm showing my age here, but the one that um, springs to my mind was, was Charlie. Charlie Nicholas came back, played for Aberdeen 1990, cup final. Did he score a penalty in that? He scored a penalty in the shootout and they, they beat his 5-4 penalties. Yeah. Brian Irvin scored the winner. I think it was Anton Rogan missed the penalty. Was it Anton Rogan? He, he definitely missed one, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I that, 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 I mean for me Because obviously Charlie Nichols was, I'm, I'm showing my age Move on <laughs> <laughs> uh, Just a final question Just in terms of Aberdeen So obviously Scott Brown Is definitely going there It has been rumoured That Ali Griffiths Might join him Would that be the right move For all? In, in my opinion no Because if you look at Griffiths a sea breeze on that here. That's, that's no, a move, a move to the coast isn't good for, no, 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 for the Bama. Stay, stay in land would be my advice. <laughs> <laughs> on a footballing note, would it be a good move? Again, I think that's maybe a relationship that's run its course. Um, Celtic have been good to Griffiths. Griffiths hasn't exactly repaid us with a lot of goals since that. Nor has he been available for as many matches as he should have been because he hasn't kept himself fit enough. For me, it is an absolute tragedy that the relationship's fizzled out like this because I love him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love him, but how many chances can you give the guy? I think Lennon, you know, Lennon made it made it quite clear that of his uh, unhappiness at how he'd returned after after lockdown and in a season like this, I think he kind of cashed his chips in with the fans. Really, if, if I'm being honest, mm-hmm. that's how it seems to me. Um, unlikely he's going to get that back. What that means is though, it's an entirely new forward line for next season. <laughs> Who's that going to contain? You know, I, I, I find it fanciful that the likes of Bio and Schroeder got to come back and, and, and be starting for Celtic. I think they'll get sold as part of the, the kind of rebuild to get some cash in. Um, imagine getting Griffiths and, and Brown off the wage bill would form part of that, but it just adds another layer to the, the kind of complexity of the, the rebuild that the, the club's going to go through and the playing squad's going to go through. So I know we don't want to talk about who the manager's going to be, who the director of football's going to be, but it just highlights the point that the decision has to be made very, very soon so that that work can begin. Yeah. I mean, imagine the new guy steps in and inherits a forward two of Albion Ayeti and Patrick Lamala. That's an absolute disaster heading into a season with that. So, Ten Hill Marys. Yeah, sooner the better. Chris, what's your thoughts? Disappointed if we lose Griffiths? I was very critical of Griffiths a few weeks ago um, and I said that, again, we needed... I th- again, I think he owed the club, to be honest with you. I know he's been through his personal troubles, but I really do believe that. Um, and I think... Again, season all seasons, Matthew mentioned it, is that I think that the fans have kind of had enough Ali Griffiths. He's 31 in the summer, I believe, or 31 this year anyway. Um, and I think he has ran his course at the club. Um, whether or not Aberdeen is a move for him against, again, I don't know, I've not really got any thoughts about where he goes, to be honest with you, but I just feel personally... I think his tightest time is up. Um, my only worry is I say that and I take a deep breath when I'm saying it as well. Um, because of the players we're getting left with, again, I just feel as if, as again, can we afford to lose a Lee Griffiths? And it's just a case of it's it's a hard one to balance up. But I think it's I think it's right personally. It's ran its course. He's come back in the condition as I said he has this season. The seasons of all seasons is unacceptable for me. Being the absolute sap that I'm, I'd give him another year. 
So that, <laughs> that's exactly what I've been. And I, I had some debate on Twitter about it. I, I would love to give him the benefit of the doubt, give him the chance to come back and show the real Lee Griffiths because, as you say, he's only 31. He's got all the talent going. But he, how many chances does the that thing guy is, get? You know he scores goals. Yeah, what, no, it's, it's just an undoubted fact. The new manager comes in, <clears> gets him fit, plays him, he scores. That's the way I look at it. It's the thing, the problem is as well, as he, as he gets older, the harder it gets. Aye. So I don't know whether or not, again, I'm nobody critical in terms of what his mindset is, but he's he really needs to screw screw the nut, literally. It, it's, um, kind of, it's kind of down to him. You yep. know, he's still under contract till whenever. He'll still have a, a year, maybe more to run. So it's up to him. If he comes back fit and firing, he will get opportunities. But it's also been up to him this season and, and at other times and he's not proven it. But as you say, Math, we all know what he can offer and that's what makes it all the more galling because... You know there's an absolute goal machine in there. He's one of a select number of guys who scored more than 100 goals for Celtic. He has absolutely got it in spades, but whether he wants to add the, the mentality to it is a different question, isn't it? OK, moving on from that. So uh, also uh, in the last week or so, we've seen a, an interview, and I'm using that term loosely, an interview with Dermot Desmond on the Celtic website. It didn't seem like a, a grilling by any stretch. It was more just a bit of a, almost like a statement. Um, Do you know, you're suggesting that interview never actually took place and it was completely <laughs> scripted and then put out. Surely you're not suggesting that. I'll leave that to, to the listeners, Matt, but <laughs> take what you want from it. Um, and it seemed to be that, well, a couple of things that I can take from it. First of all, it seemed to be Dermot Desmond using the Celtic website, the Celtic platform, as a right to reply to Brian Dempsey. So <laughs> we'll all remember Brian Dempsey from... Is it 1992? Four-ish. So we'll remember Brian Dempsey from that time. I think Dempsey suggested in the Times that Dermot Desmond wasn't really into it anymore. He should sell up his shares. He didn't have the stomach for the fight. <laughs> Desmond has come out swinging, suggesting shares not for sale, uh, nothing to do with Brian Dempsey, blah, blah, blah. And in a good way, it shows that to an extent he still cares. And this is, you know, maybe he'll respond in the same way that he did at Martin O'Neill time and Brendan Rodgers time. So... I would suggest it's a good thing for us. What do you think, Chris? Is it you know a sign that Dermot Desmond still gets some you know the bit between his teeth when it comes to Celtic? Yeah, I thought that. I thought that myself personally, and I, th I think there's people. I'm saying that I'm going to contradict myself probably later on, but I thought when he's coming out and actually making a statement about about it, I thought it was quite good. But um, as I said, there's certain things he's talked about professionalism in terms of how things have been conducted. Mm -hmm. um, I think it goes against the grain of what's actually happened from the previous appointment, mind yeah. you, but. Um, no, I can, uh, hopefully it shows the appetite for significant change because it really, really needs it. So um, hopefully Dermot um, has got deep pockets because I think potentially that's what it's going to require in order to, in order to get his back on, but back where we need to be, basically. But no, it signs, signs encouragement. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned that you know Dermot Desmond said that there's when it comes to appointing a manager at Celtic, there's a process and a process should be followed. It absolutely wasn't last time out, if we're to believe the, the Neil Lennon and the Shivers chat. So what's to say it'll be any different this time? My concern about Dermot Desmond taking the reins again is the that's where I think the Keane appointment would kick in. He loves an Irish fella at the club. You know, Keane's his kind of guy. The suggestion is he's, he's been after Keane for several years. That, for me, would be really disappointing. And it would also show, you know, what's the point in bringing in the Don McKay's and the director of football if you're just going to undermine that as well with the, the appointment of somebody like Keane. Keane's a, a retrograde step because he's not been involved in, in managing a team for, for a number of years. Although, to play devil's advocate to that, he has went away and did things with Ireland Villa and the likes that probably make him more qualified to become a, a first-team coach or a, or a manager than what he was when he got the jobs at Sunderland um, in, in Ipswich. So it's an awkward one for me because I love Roy Keane, but I loved, or I love Neil Lennon as well. That you know, Just because you love someone as a player and, and as a personality doesn't mean that they're qualified to come and, and manage your, 
your football team. So to me, the keen appointments to be avoided. How seems to be the outstanding candidate. The performances of Scotland over the weekend give me the absolute fear about Clark. I think you're in for another Strachan-esque um, appointment minus mm. the trophies and eh, I don't think we really want to go down that route the, that's that that, that I, noise I, tells unable it all. to articulate myself properly I've just made those kind of noises that's <laughs> that's kind of how I'm feeling yeah. just a bit mm, yeah. the, the disappointment disappointment is that I've heard too many of those noises from you this season Miff so I hopefully feel, less yeah. of them next season moving forward probably only those noises but moving on yeah um, interesting that Dermot Desmond did mention that Dominic Mackay will be involved in the process or, or currently is involved in the process so I don't know how that all plays out I believe he's Maybe now winding down his his uh, role at the SRU, given that they've just finished their Six Nations tournament. Um, but he absolutely should be involved in that. But another man who definitely should be involved is the director of football. So, you know, we've spoken before, Chris. But how important do you feel that is that he has a say in that that appointment, whoever he may be? Um, absolutely massive, uh, massive. I, I thought that over the past couple of weeks, the rumour mill's been. Um, quite intense in terms of the director of football and certain names coming out and again if you're twist they believe there was somebody supposed to be appointed last Thursday um, I, named, I named the whole episode after <laughs> <laughs> but, but the, the thing is though like you pointed out Tino that account was only just created and, and I have a, a major suspicion that that account is a, is a Rangers account yeah there's a the thing you know Twitter accounts that were started in February and March should be viewed with serious yes. suspicion yep. lots of nonsense but, but going I around. think it's back into the point of director of football the director of football is a critical part of this again they need to work in coordination with whoever the man, the man is going to be if that man is Roy Keane I don't, don't, think, I don't think it works anyway regardless of who it is if it's a Fergal Harkin or whoever else with Roy Keane I just don't I don't see it working personally mm-hmm. I just don't see I just think that's confrontational but it needs to be an, I, th- I feel as if they need to be in the door first like, they need to have that influence on the role who it's going to be um, so I think it's got to be director of football first then a manager so unless unless sort of just the last thing I can kind of thinking about is that I can't remember the guy's name at Bournemouth before again the, the David top, Webb David Webb yep unless it is a the opposite way about if that makes sense in terms of Eddie Howe and it's that there's a coordinated approach to it, then mm. that does make sense. But I just feel it goes against the grain if it's not done either in coordination or director of football on the door first. Yeah, I think the the point you made, <clears throat> excuse me, was was a good one, Tino, in terms of the likelihood is that Brown has has left, knowing who's coming in. That I, I think that's fair enough. I think there's probably been a behind the scenes there to say, well, you know. We wouldn't mind if you moved on, or or, or you can't tell me there'd be rumours of Griffiths leaving and confirmation of Brown leaving. If someone's still to come in, who may want them? To me, that that's uh, surely we're not so amateur. Well, that's the case. I think Brown would have probably been going anyway because of the whole Glass thing. But I would I would wager that his relationship with Celtic stronger than his relationship with Glass, given he's been here. For I, I agree. With, I agree with you. My so I think it, it must have been a heads up scenario, in I, my opinion. I think it's a class. Where I keep I said it earlier on. Clean break. I think he's looked at it as well and thought, do you know what? No. This yeah. is so much that's going to happen next season, and what is his role in that? And I th- that's what he's looked at. It, thought right, clean break. He's seen the rumours or heard the discussions in the background of who it may or may not be, and he's thought to himself, definite clean break here. Yeah. Um, I, I think I think Peter Lawwell has got a good enough relationship with Scott Brown that he will have spoken to him closely and confidentially to say this is who it's looking like. Make your call from there. I'll tell you what though, uh, next season if fans are allowed back in the, the stadium, it'd be interesting, Brown and Griffiths against the old sticky buns up at Pitodre, that, that would be 
that would be interesting to say the least. It'd be worth the watching. I noticed that would be interesting. Because that, that is a that is a genuinely better game into us. No, no, that I want to talk about Aberdeen too much, but again, that's the kind the the what the kind of chat from up north is trying to break the Glasgow too. So yeah, it was Alex Ferguson's biggest triumph, yeah. certainly in Scotland, and you yeah. know what he done was he, he got that mentality where you shouldn't be afraid to come down to Glasgow and compete. And and just on on the point as it, it's related, I saw the the counter rumour that Lewis Ferguson was, yeah, was, I was suggesting although it seems to completely have fallen away this week like like another managerial appointment it's just ridiculous now yeah. but um, it seemed to be quite strong mm-hmm. um, last week I, I, it's, a, it's a sign and I would welcome I, I'd be more than happy with that I think he's got the grit he's he's young but he's, he's he'll have a lot of appearances under his belt so far you know why shouldn't we? I think Celtic should always be looking to attract the best of the rest in terms of Scottish talent and regardless of his family allegiances and, and who he may have supported as a kid, I think he's a good pro and I think he could come and do a very good job for us. And, you know, it remains to be seen. It's one thing replacing Scott Brown in a footballing sense in terms of just getting a guy to sit at the base yard midfield and pull those strings. It's a completely different challenge to bring someone in to lead the dressing room. And that that is Celtic's biggest challenge across the bat. I think, I've said it several times now, I'm not doubting the guy's talent, but Callum McGregor is not a captain for me at all. No, I think we're seeing that through through time. McGregor's just a, a really dependable footballer, and I think taking the pressure off him, the captain's off him, will see him return to a, a bit of form. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Ferguson signing makes sense because it's you know it's somebody to help Greg Taylor run the the Rangers bus for the front of Celtic Park as well. <laughs> That's it, making sense for so many reasons. Um, I mean, yeah, we've spoken in, in depth about the the lack of leaders. I think Ferguson has got leadership qualities. I think uh, David Turnbull will grow to become a leader. I would love if we kept Chris Iyer, as we've discussed, but that remains to be seen. But the bottom line is, any new guy coming in... <laughs> Sir, got to be him that left. See the way they're talking, man? You're like, right, wait now, pre-season, got to turn up like that. Right, there's sixes here, lads. Yeah. We're in a bit of trouble. Seven guys in a bag of balls. But, uh-huh. um, but I think the first challenge of the new head coach is to you know, just bring leaders in. In the same way that... Yeah, I've harped on about this so many times, but the same way that Martin O'Neill done. He brought in all these big characters and just built teams around that. Easier said than done, of course, but it's it's something the new head coach will need to drive towards. And through all the carnage, Tony Ralston's just got to sneak in the back door like, oh, I got a five-year contract, boss. I'm here. Aye, aye, aye. I got a game. Aye, aye, no bother. Tony Ralston is indispensable. What a guy. Um, he's shown some real resilience, to be fair, but I don't know if he's captain material for us. Um, another pressing matter, and there's just there's no getting away from the business side of it, is that season ticket renewals will come out soon. So I believe it will be, you know, some point in April. And how are you going to punt season tickets when you don't have a head coach and you don't have a director of football, and there's no sign of of the even the start of this rebuild, huge as it's going to be? There needs to be direction at that point. There has got to be. Um, I know we've spoken about this all season in terms of decisions being made at certain points and this should be happening or this should be happening at this point um, in terms of uh, managerial replacements. But in terms of season ticket renewals, there needs to be direction. Again, they're going to be revolt, I think, to a degree. Um, I'm using two different kind of different words there, but I really do think there will be revolt um, at that because the, kind of, there's chat in the, kind of, the ether um, about potentially, again, sticking whether or not again people will renew as a consequence of what's going on in terms of voting with or basically kind of maybe voting with their money or basically in terms of not putting an investment in the club but yeah. at that point we really need to be saying listen here is the plan get on board with it but let's get back on track let's get bums in seats again hopefully next year depending pandemic dependent and this is where we're going to get us back where we need to be basically so 
that need, it needs to be that because again the odd uncertainty that just it just it'll just breed um, worry again and it's been a one, one constant worry all season so they need to get ahead of Celtic really really again really 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 need to get ahead of us and I'm, I'm hoping I take encouragement in terms of the potential Twitter rumours that are going about in terms of directors of football managers discussions that are happening Twitter doesn't lie mate it's all true absolutely I know uh, <laughs> um, but I think as I said we need to be we need to be we need to be seem to be demonstrating something's going on. I think something has been happening. I think there's been discussions in the background with various, I think with Keane's been, there has been chat with Keane, there has been chat with Eddie how Celtic need to come out there and basically say, this is where we're going and get behind us, basically. Well, I am going to counter your point by saying I'm one of the absolute mugs that will renew regardless. I, I was going to ask that very question. So you, you take your young fella, Miff, and you go on a supporters bus and I was going to ask the question that... I, 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 as much as I care, I don't care. If that makes sense. It does make sense. And, and the unfortunate thing is, depending on how you look at it, the board know that. And the board know there's hundreds of mugs I am like the you, Miff. The archetypal <laughs> mug. Bring back the big Ronnie Dyla banner. Well, you know, up, up I, the top tier. I, I yeah. think that's what's going to, again, that's what it's going to get to. I'm not saying it can all out revolt in terms of people walking out. I'm just saying, in terms of we've had a season ticket waiting list for a number of years now, but we'd get back to that. It'd be, it would be the top tier banner. That, that's where it would go back to because people would just be. Completely deflated with the situation because of this at the ten, the well the failure to act at the right time, um as well like in terms of the decisions by the board, that, um that's very true. But herein lies the problem. You don't buy your season ticket, we don't compete. I know it's chicken and egg and all that kind of Absolutely. stuff. It, it's yep. the whole scenario though that the the board have, they've got so lazy with it over the years and so complacent because they know that people will renew regardless of the situation. And even if they appoint someone who is wholly uninspiring, just say they appointed I don't know Gary Holt. Name off the top of my head, or some, or Chris Wilder, somebody that just doesn't excite you. Given the way the world has been the last twelve months or so, people are desperate to get back to the things they love. And Celtic and Celtic Park is one of those things. And I think if ten thousand people didn't renew, there's another ten thousand behind them that will take those seats. It's historically been in cycles like that. Um, you know, they chucked money at Neil. Everybody went. Mm-hmm. There was a waiting list. Nobody could go on it. They then went for a cheaper appointment in Stratton, who still delivered success, but the brand of football was poorer, and therefore. You could, I mean, I remember the second season. We won the, the second season of the, the three in a row that Stratton won. Mm-hmm. I mean, to a midweek game, we played Inverness, and you were lucky if there was forty five thousand there. Which you know, you couldn't have thought of that in the Rogers mm-hmm. era, but that that was just the, the way it was. And then they probably got a bit lucky with the, the Lennon appointment because Lennon Lennon was in the, the process of messing things up the the second season um, that he was in before Rangers sadly departed. Um, so that then brought. You know, there was that bump of it being Lennon managing Celtic, title winning, and then there was a, the Barcelona result as well. So yeah. that kind of gained a, a bit of momentum. And then when Rangers went into the league, it, it meant that the board kind of got the chance to experiment. Now, I mean, the Dyla experiment was worthwhile in the sense that I, I don't I don't mind trying that, mm-hmm. but it wasn't really sold the scene to me because I was hoping there would be young players getting brought through. Instead, we started getting, you know, players coming out like Big Kazim, Wakaso, all those ones. Tony. Tony. That, that wasn't how I was hoping it would go. No. Um, so it didn't really pan out the way that I'd hoped it at the start, but it led us on the path that, that took us to Rogers. so it was it, it was all worthwhile in that sense. To me, we're now, we've now went back in that cycle where we went for the cheap appointment. It's not worked out. There's, there's danger that it could go back to, you know, falling below the, the levels required for season ticket renewals. But like I say, for, for me, I just go to the football. That's that, that's that's what I, that's what I do. So you're part of the problem. I, I'm part of the problem, and you know 
there'll be three strips come out. <laughs> I'll buy the three of them. And the trackies. I'll have my I'll have my, my slippers for, <laughs> for Christmas, you know. I'll have my, my key ring, <laughs> everything. Yeah. Uh, I'll get the book made up with me scoring the winning goal in the Scottish Cup final. Happy days. <laughs> I just my concern is you talk about cycles and my real my worry is here because of what's happened this year, we end up in a cycle where it's indecisiveness and that then filters into the support itself and they think that remains to be seen but I don't lose sleep over it as I lie down in my Celtic pillow <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's the thing cycle's correct but you, you need to we're on a down at the moment so you need to replace that with the up and the up is the Martin O'Neill's and the ups is the Brendan Rodgers if you replace the down with another dip if you replace it with I don't know a Tony Mowbray at this moment in time or whatever I, it's a real situation could just imagine it being Steve Clark and hi I'm really excited uh, how, really excited to have the job how can you expect us to get excited if you're making that no. kind of appointment so I just think that's going to be the real challenge because as I say they'll be asking for the renewals in the next few weeks time and, and you know people will be so desperate to get back will they accept any old nonsense and will the board get lazy again and will the board just say do you know what it doesn't even matter you blow 10 in a row but they still come along anyway and that that, that is the challenge because Miff's waving his hands but that's the challenge because of course you want success but a huge part of your life is following Celtic and you know you know being there, you know, for the big moments and being there with your pals and fellow supporters, and you're not going to not do that as well. It's Mr. Desmond. Do you think for one minute after Bond ten in a row and appointing Roy Keane, I'm going to spend six hundred and fifty pound on a new season ticket and add my other son? Well, you are one hundred percent right. <laughs> Edit that out, please. <laughs> <laughs> so I know Dermot listens in, Miff. So uh, I'm sure he'll be catching that. But yeah, it's just it's such a such an important appointment. And as I say, the fact that Dermot Desmond has come out recently, swinging to an extent, maybe... Swinging for Brian Dempsey. <laughs> swinging for Dempsey first, Cheers but catching us in the, the aftermath. Maybe, maybe uh, we'll have a big appointment to talk about, but here, how often have you heard me saying that in the last few weeks? Um, in terms of getting back to football, so obviously no league games uh, for the last couple of weeks with the, the international stuff taking place. Next up on Saturday night, no less, 7.30 kickoff is Falkirk in the Scottish Cup. Miff, do you remember the last time or the last notable time we played uh, Falkirk in the Scottish? Yes, I do. Um, and it, it was a it was a sad sad day, although I actually remember it. I worked with a guy who was a, a Falkirk fan and years after after the game it transpired that it was a replay and yeah. um, he got huckled before the game. Before he's the been, game? So, he's a Falkirk fan and he spent the, the game in the cells. So Falkirk's, um, Falkirk's big night, he was in the cells at, at Govan Night. Missed his moment of glory. So yeah, just time-wise, I think it was 1997. Sadly, it turned out to be Tommy Burns' last game in charge and just the club, unfortunately, weren't going places at the time. You're right in what you say, Miff. It was a replay after a one-each draw. I was in my peak. You know? The Would you know who scored the goal? His first goal for Celtic in the one-each draw? Just a bit of trivia. The captain that night, by the way, was Paulo De Canio. Wow. First goal. No. Tommy Johnson. Correct. Was it Tommy Johnson? Five points for you, Chris. Tommy Johnson was his first goal. But yeah, I, I was looking at the team just you know before this. We had guys like De Canio, Andy Tom, George Cadetti. How, how did we get beat off Falkirk after a replay, no less? So it's taken us two games not to beat them. So tough times, but it shows you, you know... We're feeling bad enough as it is. I know, I don't know. Rating back through that. We're, we're going through the 2021 pain and harking back to 97's pain, so a <laughs> joyous... A, what, and what a team that was, the, the fact that they never won in is tragic. Listen, well, yeah. so there was a catalyst to kick us on for the following season, nah. let's just say. Again, obviously, unfortunately, Tommy has again, upset his course, but it was to kick us on to stop, stop our very own 10. 
darkest hours before the dawn, man. <sighs> yes. Exactly that. So, yep, so Saturday night, uh, Falkirk, it's a chance, as I'd mentioned before, for Celtic to take a, a historical fifth Scottish Cup in a row. Uh, I think we set the new record when we got four, and we can obviously extend that. So, I mean, Chris, where are you at? I mean, I've said before that so I think Celtic absolutely will win that Scottish Cup. Where are you at on that? I'm confident. I, I'm genuinely confident. Again, it, it looks as if we're being coached. Miff shaking his head Miff the ultra fan is, um, is shaking his head. How can you be bloody confident? That's, that's uh, okay. I just think, again, it'll be looking as if we're getting positives from us. It looks as if we're being coached. Again, I'm looking at some of the kind of the analytical stuff for the past couple of weeks for the, from the Rangers game um, and it looks as if in terms of just movement again well you know say Edward it just it looks as if there's a bit of cohesion again in the, in, the, in the team and in the squad so if we can then take that into a Scottish Cup run then let's again our final sign off for Bruni let's get going get it over the line and again yeah. let, let's this be a catalyst to kick us on for next season again massive season next season so yeah. I, I'm confident I'm going to Put my uh, colours to the mask. Yes, and say that again. We're going to do it. I'm willing to bet you those Celtic slippers of yours that Celtic will win the Scottish Cup. What do you say? You're on, you're on Tino. Although I think your feet are bigger than mine. Um, I am not overly confident just because of how this season's went. The undoubtedly there there are winners in the squad, but the team have shown they can't be relied on this year to to put together performances on a, on a regular basis. What is interesting though is the the. I know the Scottish Cup that they've already won this year was from last season, but the the performance against Aberdeen in the semi final was probably one of our best performances of the season. Mm-hmm. So it'd be quite interesting to see just how the, the team respond to this when they're entering into a tournament that they know they can actually win. Because for Kennedy's come in, it's pretty much been the season's gone. So that's what intrigues me. You might see a wee a wee boost, a wee jolt from them. But just at the back of my mind is just how this season's going and because it's been so disastrous I, I can see it's just you know folding when, when the pressure's on mm. well time will tell um, I mean how how fitting would it be as a finale for Scott Brown as captain so it's very potentially um, if all goes to plan that would be his last game uh, as a Celtic player and to, to go and lift the Scottish Cup for what would be his 23rd trophy which is incredible 23 trophies would be absolutely incredible how how big could that be and how much will that drive him and his teammates on I mean you, you said before Muff he's got the absolute respect of all his teammates you know past and present how much will they be pulling out the stops to make sure that he finishes a winner and, and actually other guys as well Odson Edward will move on and Chris Iyer how much will these guys be driven to make sure that they go out on at least some sort of high by the end of this season I think there's Again, a bit of soul searching needs to be done. And I think it has been done over the past couple of weeks. Well, at least I'm hoping anyway, for that purpose to say, listen, that's gone. This is our focus now. Let's finish in the high. Like, this is the end the end of it. I mentioned earlier on, end in a year. Let's go and go out and nail it. Let's go and, let's go and do it, basically. So I'm hoping that that's the case. I hope that's the, kind of the chat amongst um, the players at Lennox Town. And I just hope we're going to go and deliver it. So I just feel as if that's what, that's what the motivation needs to be. There is, this is it. Winding up time in terms of where, again, wherever they decide to go, an Odson Edward or a Chris Ayer, Scott Brown, um, let's go and do it. Let's go and actually again, make, a mean, uh, make amends for the obviously disaster of a season we've yeah. obviously encountered. It won't, uh, it won't make amends, but it'll, it'll soften yeah, the blow to, to a small extent. Yeah. And, and it should be worth, or it is worth pointing out, five Scottish Cups in a row. That, I mean, that would be phenomenal in its own right. There's no doubt Celtic have got a huge relationship with the Scottish Cup and hopefully they can make a fifth one in a row this season and they start uh, on a good note this Saturday against Falkirk. So as we're beginning to wrap things up, Miff, have you any final thoughts just as the, the show comes to a close? No, I'm just very, very keen. Oh, I see what you've done. Pun not intended, but it makes me sound quite clever now that I think about it. Um, I'm, I'm keen for 
just the nonsense to, to be over. I can't see any uh, benefit to not making the appointment just now because work will have to be done behind the scenes with regards to the squad and the backroom staff. So I think we've said it so many times over the past few weeks, the quicker the appointment, the better, so that the, the preparation and the planning work can be done. But good to get Celtic back playing at the weekend as well. That's 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 another key thing, you know, you, when the international week's on, you, you miss, you do, do miss that. So yeah, looking forward to see, seeing Celtic Saturday night. Hopefully they'll no, no ruin my, my couple of cans and I take me. Yeah, Chris, where are you at? Get a managerial appointment in, in place ASAP. We're now entering into April now. Time is of the essence. We need to get somebody, whether it be a director of football, a manager, preferably a director of football and a manager in the building ASAP because as every passing day goes by, the more worried we become as Celtic fans. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think we're all anxious as to who it might be, although... I don't actually mind the silence so long as there's something going yep. on in the background. So if it takes them a week or two longer to make the right appointment, I'm all for that rather than hurrying things up. But yeah, I think we're all keen just to hear what the, the next couple of weeks brings. So it's now almost five weeks since Neil Lennon left the building, but still no word on who will replace him in the Celtic dugout. With season ticket renewals on the horizon, however, the big announcement may come sooner rather than later, as Dermot Desmond and co. look to kickstart the much-talked-about rebuild as soon as they can. The question is, how keen are they on keen, and how much do they want how? My thanks to Miff and to Chris for joining me on today's episode of the Celtic Exchange. And if you're enjoying the show, please remember to follow and review us on Apple, Spotify and wherever you get your podcasts. Finally, our thanks as always for listening and we'll see you again next week. Sponsored by 1010 Podcasts. Sports Social Podcast Network.